Come on, knock on our door. Come knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. We've been wanting to tell you all about what we're watching too. Hey guys, welcome back to the Riffles Podcast, and it is time for another What Are You Watching? We're going to be continuing these What Are You Watchings? Maybe I'll bring on a guest. It is kind of a bit of a hiatus period for the Real Feels. And uh, until real life decides to stop kicking us in the shins and uh, take a break. Take a break, life. We all, want, we all want to get back to some normalcy. All right. But guys, I'm going to keep bringing you back some, uh, some things I've been watching with myself or a few of my friends. Last time we had Brad on the show. But today, I'm going to be talking to you about some... Horror movies, I know, horror. Shocking, Drew, shocking, you've been watching horror. Uh, anybody who ch- checks out my letterbox, link is in the description, uh, in the bio. I, guys, I love horror, it's my thing. But horror movies that have been released in 2023. We're going to be talking about Talk to Me, Insidious the Red Door, Natty Knox, and Meg 2, The Trench. Alright, first up is going to be 2023's Talk to Me. You busy tonight? You want to turn, eh? My mum leaves at nine. So you're ten. <laughs> yes! Where'd you get it from anyway? Apparently it was the hand of someone who could connect with the dead. I heard it was the hand of a Satanist. Yeah. The other hand's just out there. White people shit, man, I tell you. <laughs> All right, let's do this! You know the drill. Say, talk to me. Talk to me. (gasps) Haley, fucking stop it, he's choking! 83 seconds, get it off him! What if we opened the door, but we didn't shut it? Delete it. Delete it, come on! The spirits, they followed us. We have to do something. You want to do it again? Run. They're not going to stop. What was it? Run. What? I don't know! I let you in. Run. I let you in. Oh my god. So, talk to me, directed by brothers Danny and Michael Filippo. This movie stars Ari McCarthy, Hamish Phillips, Kit Earhart Bruce, Sarah Brokinsha, and we have a slew of others. Sonny Johnson, Sophie Wilde, Marcus Johnson, Joe Bird, who plays the younger brother, and a bunch of other cast members for this new horror movie from A24. Now, we all know that A24 puts out just weird shit. That's just what they do. Their movies are weird, they're odd, they're eclectic, they're just intrinsic. Like, you you want to get 
your teeth into a deep bite and you want to savor and chew and try to figure out exactly what's making up everything and what's going on, that's 20, that's A24. A24 has these just oddities of films that you can't help but be fascinated with. So here's the thing with Talk To Me. Talk To Me seems like you're trying to take the Ouija concept and story and put a different twist on it. You have this porcelain hand that has writing all over it or demonic inscriptions, whatever. They don't really go into detail exactly like what's on it, although during the movie you can see some of the writing that is left on it. But supposedly it's the mummified hand of a witch or a medium or something like that. They're not, again, nothing's really clear. It's, it's, it's all hearsay and passed down. But this is a movie that you're going to get frustrated with. And it may be frustrated in a bad way. It may be frustrated in a good way. I personally took it as a frustration where teenagers are doing stupid shit and I'm just getting angry at them because they're going to do stupid things and then they're going to get like upset and terrified and scared. And I'm like, well, you brought this on yourself. Of course it's going to happen. I'm not saying it's a bad movie at all. There are parts where like there was like genuine creepiness about it and the lighting worked really, really well. I think the cinematography for the movie was actually, it was it was very poignant to what they were trying to get across and the atmosphere that was creating for the environment. But you have kids getting in these stupid situations where it's literally like, you should not touch this. Like, we, we've all seen various movies like Conjuring and literally Ouija and anything else that it like involves a Ouija board, paranormal activity. We, we know not to touch the thing. Don't, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't do it. They bring out this hand and they have like little parties and raves that they go to and they're like, this is going to be fun. Okay, watch. You can't do it longer than 90 seconds though, okay? Okay, grab hold. Say, talk to me. And that's the thing. They grab hold of the hand, guys. They say, talk to me. And as soon as they're clutching the hand, apparently that's that's like a a, a little bit of a it's, a... it's a knock at the door. And they're able to, like, peek through the hole. And they can see the ghost on the other side. So they freak out as soon as they see the ghost. But as soon as they have to say the phrase, I let you in, the ghost can take over them. And during that 90 seconds, they're possessed. Okay? And they got 90 seconds to get their hand removed from the porcelain hand. If it goes beyond that, who, who knows? We don't know. We just know that like 90 seconds is the limit. Obviously, someone goes beyond 90 seconds. Otherwise, we, we as a, a friend of mine says, it wouldn't be a movie. Isn't that the thing? Isn't that the thing, though? Constantly with these movies, like, why are they doing that? Why are they doing that stupid shit? Why, why are they going that way? Don't go that way. Fine, you're going to die. I think we got to understand. If they didn't do that stuff, it wouldn't be a movie. It would not be a movie. It's called plot. <laughs> Everything's going into place. I think some of the practical effects for uh, damages that happen to the body of various characters in this film, the injuries, I think, is done quite well. It, it's almost abrupt. Like, it's hitting you in the face. Literally, somebody gets hit in the face quite a few times. Uh, that... That was jarring a little bit to watch. It really was. I commend that. That, I thought, was very well done. 
I think the sense of fear and dread for the characters is is very apt. However, it, it gets tiring real quickly. And what actually takes place for the films itself, again, it, it's not a bad movie. I, there are parts I genuinely enjoyed, but it, it got real tiring real quick. And it seems like that a lot of aspects of already established films that have already been released um, were kind of like cherry-picked and like thrown into the soup. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. Homage, paying homage is the... Uh, imitation is the greatest form of flattery, okay? There's no original ideas. So, talk to me. I'm giving it like a solid 3 out of 5. I know that uh, my friend Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast and Nick... Haskins of uh, Nikolai's Kitchen. Nick did not enjoy it. Nick Nick actually left the theater and went to the bathroom and came back, which he uh, says is a rule that he chooses, he tries not to do. So you can go check their review on Two Peas on a Podcast and uh, see what they thought about uh, A24's Talk to Me. Now, apparently, word just came out that they are going to be doing a sequel to Talk to Me. So apparently, this universe... Now it's going to be universe because now it's going to be a little franchise. Uh, they they got more to they got more to say, so we'll see what happens with the uh, Filippo's brothers' "Talk to Me" sequel, which will be coming out later on. So next up, I'm going to be talking about Insidious: The Red Door. It's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. There's something in there with him. There's something wrong with Daddy. And these things are bad guys. He's got your face. Dalton! He's got your face. Our family has been through a lot together. You told me that when I was 10. I was in a coma, but I don't remember being sick. We're ready to forget. Forget. Ever since then, I see crazy stuff in my dreams. Those are not dreams. It's happening again. Something is following us. I'm gonna need you to remain still. Hello? Hello? The riskier the journey becomes. So, Insidious, gotta love you, you gotta love the franchise. And for me, I love the franchise to an extent overall. For the prequel movies, three and four, fine. There are some great things about the prequels. There are. There really are. Lin Shay, beautiful. Love Lin Shay. You cannot have a bad movie with Lin Shay. I, I will stand by that. I, I will die on that mountain. Here's the problem. And I know I said this with Brad in the previous uh, What Are You Watching when I was going through The Conjuring and the Insidious universes. If you have a prequel 
and you have characters that are already established in the original film, and we know they're okay, we know they're alive, the prequel doesn't have any emotional attachment. You do not concern yourself with those characters. The prequels with Lin Shay, cool. We know she's going to live. There should be no concern that she's in, like, any true danger. Okay, that's neither here nor there. This is, like, ten years down the road for Insidious. We have Patrick... We have Patrick Wilson playing uh, Josh Lambert. I didn't know that Patrick Wilson directed this movie. I only found that out after I watched this movie. And I, I, that was crazy to me. And I thought that was great. Apparently, he also sang the song at the end of the movie. Now, Ty Simpkins, okay, playing Dalton Lambert. You gotta love this kid. You gotta love a kid who has, like, grown up inside of a horror franchise. And he was a young boy, and now he's a young adult playing this movie. Rose Byrne as uh, Renee Lambert. I thought she was great. Uh, Sinclair Daniel playing Chris Winslow. Uh, Ty is off of college, okay? And Chris becomes his new roommate. Now, not supposed to be in the same room, but as, uh, as Sinclair's uh, character Chris had said, like, we're a liberal arts college. Emphasis on the liberal. We have such a dichotomy of things in this movie where... There's hints at what's already been happening. There's hints at things that have been established, obviously. We're coming back to things that were repressed in these two characters, in Josh, in Dalton. Because they're made to forget. They're made to forget the Red Door. They're made to forget this entirety of what had transpired between the first and the second film. And now they're kind of like paying for it. More importantly, Josh is paying for it, apparently. He, he's been in like a daze, a fog. His brain's not working the way it should be. He's forgetting things. He can't concentrate. And we kind of find out that Renee has divorced Josh. But I didn't, I mean, I, it was, it, you could kind of tell something was there, but I wasn't 100% sure. We don't really get a definitive thing about that until like maybe 15, 15 minutes into the movie. And... I found that weird, but then they try to explain it later on as to why she divorced him, and... So... <laughs> the thing that's crazy to me, the way that this is all brought back, okay? This is all brought back, and the ghosts are still kind of slowly following Josh, but when Dalton is off at college, and he's doing an exercise in one of his art rooms, they have him close his eyes and count back from 10. So inadvertently, the art teacher is summoning back the demons from the further. It's completely by accident that that door is, again, like there's, there's a knock at that door, the door is opened, and people are allowed to exit and come in from the further once more. It's by happenstance, it's not purposeful, and the movie itself, I, I wish it was a little bit better. I don't, again, not a bad movie. I'm very forgiving, for those of you who know me. So, it's not a bad movie. I think the lighting of the film was far too dark. There were moments where Dalton in his uh, college dorm room, it's way too dark, and I, I don't understand why it's that dark in his room. Like, he clearly has lights. Um, but the lighting choices are interesting, I think, and that might have been Patrick's decision, that might have been the lighting director, and Patrick is just kind of focusing on, 
uh, you know, directing the, the scenes. Either way, I think the lighting was a bit off. I, I wish that there was more... We focus more now a little bit on Dalton really, really exploring the further. Um, almost like he once, he once he was a kid again. Because, you know, in the, when he was back in the first movie, he says, like, no, I, was, I saw myself sleeping. I was flying through the stars. And I don't know. I, I don't feel like I was truly scared in this film. It wasn't bad. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching the characters again. Um, they pin a nice rose on this at the very end. It has, it has the emotional uh, hug that you don't get in a lot of horror movies, but it's a nice little rose to be uh, to be pinned on the end of this. And it's a it's a closure, and you you feel good about it at the end. I wish they took a little more chances. I wish maybe Patrick had took Wilson had taken a little more chances uh, in uh, directing some scenes. But again, he didn't write it. He's just taking the script as is. So I think that they they could have been riskier with with some things. But overall, not bad. I believe I gave it a three out of five. Uh, same thing when I scored. Uh, talk to me. So let's move on. Next up, Natty Knox. A town knows its secrets. Town knows how to hide them too. She sleeps with the worms under the ground. Is that outside? Don't make a sound. Natty knocks nine times. Natty knocks nine times. Don't answer your door. Close all your blinds. Hide under your bed. Or she'll take off your head. I thought that was just an old ghost story. Where do you think those stories come from? Maybe she's still alive. No! We have to tell someone. We should call the cops. Kill them for me. What the hell is going on here? Kill them for me. You can't be. What are you doing here? So, Natty Knox, we have a small town babysitter, and the kids that she's looking after have to struggle to survive from a serial killer on Halloween Eve. Now, this is something that you can wait for Halloween to watch. It's it's not bad. It's kind of fun. it's kind of fun. However, I do have concerns for this. I question a lot of the choices in this film. We have director uh, Dwight H. Little. Now, Little Fantastic pre Little has a fantastic presence, okay, within the directorial community, and especially within movies for uh, horror. He's no, he's no stranger to horror. He's mainly doing, like, TV directing, but here's the thing that I love. Like, he did a lot of, like, B-horror movies and, you know, uh, directing episodes, like, of The X-Files. He did, like, one of the Anaconda sequels. He uh, directed an episode of uh, Freddy's Nightmares, which is kind of interesting because he got to work with Robert England again in this film. That's the other thing for this movie. This movie has such a fantastic cast that we should really understand what it's like to get so many fun horror movie actors in this movie all over again. We have Robert England, like I said. We have Daniel Harris. And more importantly... 
We have Bill Mosley. Okay, let's let's understand this. So, we have three powerhouse icons coming back together, and they're they're doing a horror movie together. I think this is great. I think it's great when you get multiple horror actors who are known for their movies, and they're coming together, especially two like striking top leads, and I think it's great. I think it's great for. You have Daniel Harris playing the mom. Uh, Bill Mosley is playing, what's his, Abner Honeywell. He's the villain. He's the villain in here. And Robert England is, uh, he's a little side character, but he's, he still does a good job. It's, it's charming. It's Robert. How can you not love all these people? So you have such an interesting little cast, okay? This movie itself... It is like the definition of a tryhard. It's, you'll hear me say this a lot. It's not a bad film, but I question a lot of the choices. I really, really do. It's, it's the definition of a tryhard film, okay? You have uh, Charlotte Fountaine Jardim, who is playing the babysitter. Thomas Robbie and uh, Chana Zaitug, they are brother and sister. They are the kids that she is supposedly watching after, all right? She doesn't seem like she's that much older, which makes it kind of weird that she's the babysitter. I think she's only, like, three years older than the uh, older brother. And I swear to God, the, the girl who plays Jolie, the younger sister, uh, Channa, or it might be Shanna, it's like someone made a clone of Amanda Bynes when she was Amanda on All That. You know, like, you know, or uh, no, Ashley, you know, like that. I'm Ashley. That's me. That whole thing. It's like someone cloned a younger version of Amanda Bynes before she kind of went kooky. This girl looks spot on. She looks exactly like Amanda Bynes. And it was kind of weird watching her act that way. However, they also have her playing supposedly like like a 12 year old girl. This this chick is not 12 years old, but they have her acting like a like a eight year old, a 10 year old. She kept running around and screaming, Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. It was very annoying. And she was so sheepish and mousy. It was, it was a weird character for her because she wanted to act old and cool. She wanted to be one of the kids hanging out with her brother Wyatt and his friend Robbie, who kind of gets him into some shenanigans and all that. And... It's it's an interesting thing. We have this culture within the film where they're taking the story of a supposed witch from 50 years ago. And I guess her name was Natty Knox. And there's like a there's a local legend, okay, urban legend, folklore that Natty knocks nine times. If you go up to a door and you knock nine times, that Aren't you glad you waited for that? If you knock nine times, apparently Natty Knox is supposed to be on the other side of the door. Or if someone knocks on your door, like on Halloween Eve or the 29th of October through Halloween, if you hear nine knocks at your door, don't answer it because it's Natty Knox and she's coming for your soul. So this movie really, really tries. It, uh... I think it has really good elements of a plot and a story. However, it's, it's more towards the end 
where I think it starts to a little bit fall apart for me. You have a possession that doesn't really make sense, although I like the concept, but it doesn't make sense. And I don't know. I, I think Bill Mosley kind of wins this for me. It's not the lead. It's not the lead girl who technically ends up as a scream queen, but not really. You have the kids at the end. They're trying to find her. Uh, they both survive. Mom survives. But the thing for me is Bill Mosley. He plays such a crazy. He does crazy really well in this movie, and I think it's very effective. But it's some usage of CGI for the spirit or the or the the ghost of of Natty Knox. It it's not good. It's not good. It's so out of place, honestly. And uh, it kind of it kind of took me out of me kind of getting engaged. It tried really hard. I'm not saying it failed, but I think it tried too hard in some aspects where maybe like practical, like, I can't say practical effects for a ghost. What do you, <laughs> a sheet on a string. Um, maybe a better usage of CGI. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know if like the budget wasn't there for that, but it, it seemed very uh, campy. It seemed almost like, like Full Moon Pictures or Asylum uh, Studios when it came to like CGI. Not that there, not there's anything wrong with Full Moon or C or uh, Asylum. If y'all know me, I love, I love me some cheesy popcorn shit. I love that stuff. But for the feel of the movie that was happening, that style of effects was very out of place for me. It didn't seem to fit. It really didn't. So. Uh, I think I give this a two, maybe a two and a half out of, th out of five. I think it's, I think it's worth a watch. I think you'll get enjoy, I think you'll enjoy Bill Mosley a lot in this. And, uh, I think that's kind of it. I think it's, uh, something that could be definitely a nice Halloween, uh, viewing. Get your friends around, poke some fun at it, pop some popcorn. You'll have a good time. All right, let's discuss the Meg. aquatic activity 25,000 feet deep in the trench. It's an ancient ecosystem untouched by man. Whatever is down there is trying to make its way to the surface. This is a bad idea. Just a little bit. Jonas? 
We've got company. That's the biggest Meg I've ever seen. Biggest Meg anyone's ever seen. That's the Apex Predator. Everybody make it to the station! You can make it! Hit die! Three massive Megs and who knows what else have escaped the breach. I just hope it goes better than last time. What happened last time? You don't want to know. They say the end, you go, go, go! We never seen this before. They hunted it back. We can relax. This place, magproof. I mean, Jonas was always afraid of this, but I was also thinking. <laughs> All right, Meg 2, The Trench. Now, if you're a fan of the first Meg, uh, <laughs> you know what? Everybody loves a good shark movie. Everybody loves the fact that, you know, we have Jaws. And this is not, this is not that at all. It's, it's kooky. I'll tell you that right now. It's kooky. And I think the thing that we have to understand is that this movie itself, not the same director as the original film, and I think that's kind of why, it did not take itself as seriously as the Meg 1 did. And I think that's almost to its benefit. Uh, Jason Statham is always going to kind of, you know, act more uh, like a badass than he probably should. But that's just that's just what he's doing. That's this entire film. You know, it's just, like we're gonna go in there. We're gonna get a shock. All right. Yeah. And then I'm gonna punch him. I'm gonna punch him in right in the face. And then I jumped out of a plane that was on fire. Not the plane. Me. Here's the thing. That's Jason. Jason Statham playing Jonas. The, the beginning of the movie, he's on like some type of like spy mission. Like that's that's what we come back to. Paige Kennedy, who plays DJ, one of the computer techs in the first movie, he's like, oh, I can't swim. And they're like, you work in the ocean and you can't swim. Suddenly in this movie, he knows how to swim. He's packing a gun. He knows how to fight. Like, <laughs> it's so weird. The first movie was purely about, like, exploration and we have Megs. The second movie is all about, like, eco-terrorists. Like, they're, they're trying to harvest deep, uh, like, deep metals out of the earth, out of the trench, because they can't really be found anywhere in its abundance. So for some reason, even though the trench is there and like it's constantly being monitored and uh, they're going down there and exploring all the time, apparently, they have like a whole scientific venue dedicated to it. Yet a rogue mining operation is down there setting up a whole station. 
and, and like none of them knew. Now, when you watch, you'll figure out possibly why they didn't know, so it kind of makes sense, but I, I would feel like someone would have seen something. So, it's, it's goofier, it's, it's, it's funnier, it definitely is funnier. There is, uh, there's more than one shark, so that's great. You also have a giant octopus show up. They go and they attack like a resort island. I mean, there is, there is enough people chomped down on by sharks that you're going to have a good time watching them. Jason Statham is over the top, and uh, so is Paige Kennedy. Both of them, I think, kind of carry the humor, and you are more than uh, satisfied. It's it's going to get. I think like I'm I'm almost doing three out of fives for a lot of these things. It's not gonna it's not gonna break the bank. It's not gonna you know wow anybody to go like oh my god this needs to be like platinum edition 4K steelbook like everybody needs this in their home. No, that's not gonna be the case. But if you want a big dumb stupid monster movie and you just want to enjoy yourself, go see Meg 2. This is a movie that I think you should see. This is something that is fun. Y you can't deny that. All right? Go enjoy it. Have, have some drinks. Pop some popcorn. Enjoy the time with your friends. All right, guys. I'm pretty sure I've talked your ear off enough with these new 2023 horror movies that have come out. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Thank you for coming by and checking out the Real Fills podcast. If this is your first time dropping by the Real Fills, thank you. We truly appreciate it. We're just a tiny little indie podcast. It's myself and my two good friends, Jack and Nathan. We discuss movies specifically by genre, all right? And we pair those genres up with new movies, and we try to come out with an episode every two weeks. We've been successful at that for the last six years, and I will continue to put out content every two weeks for you guys until we're back into a normal flow of things right now. Again, life is just, life is life. And that's just kind of what we're dealing with right now. But if this is your first time coming and finding us, again, thank you. We love the fact that you found us. Go back and check out our catalog. We have 134, 135 episodes of uh, movies, each one a different genre. Go back and check out some of our previous episodes. And for those of you who are returning, guys, we love you. You're the realist, and we thank you for coming and supporting us. This is, this is what it is. Go spread the word. Get them downloads. Tell people they can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for The Real Feels Podcast. If you're up on Twitter, I man the Twitter at Real Feels Pod. If you want to drop by, say hi. Instagram, Facebook, you can send us an email at realfeelspodcast at gmail.com. If you want to call the Tooch line, that is our hotline, guys. That is the Real Feels hotline, 661-376-0030. We'd love to hear from you. Tell us about some of those 2023 horror movies that you have seen. I know there is still quite a few out there that uh, people have not been talking enough about. So let us know what you've watched. Let us know what you've been enjoying. Let us know what you're looking forward to in the coming months. I know for a fact I'm looking forward to October 13th, guys. That is a Friday. We have a Friday, the 13th, coming in October, the new Exorcist movie. Let's go. I'm stupidly excited for that. We have two people being possessed at the same time, two little girls. We have Saw, we have Saw X coming out. It is, okay, and I know what I said about prequels. I know I did. But this prequel, I'm. you know what? 
I'm good for it because we're actually kind of getting like the origin of uh, John Kramer. I where things went wrong and most of the time with prequels i'm like but you're doing them now later on and he's older and like he he doesn't look like he did in the first movie however here's the thing in this movie he's he's battling his cancer so when he looks disheveled when he looks gaunt when he looks rugged when he looks like a he's been hit by a bus it's the cancer so you know what this actually makes sense for him i'm i'm on board with this it's it's not like Orphan First Kill. Sorry. She got older, guys. It's not playing the same fiddle. So, once again, I hope you guys have had some fun. I've, I've had kind of a good time ranting and rambling about some horror movies. It's what I do. It's what I love. It's my happy place. So, guys, thank you for joining us on the Real Phil's Podcast for another episode of What Are You Watching? And, uh, as always, you're the realist and the feelist. <laughs>